trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Drop of all you got. Every single drop of all you got. 
gone so much more smoothly than the last couple hundred times you've done this. Welcome back to the Top of Resort, or welcome officially to the Top of Resort, right here on Radio Sega. I'm Green Vibrating for the next two hours, I'm going to be playing you the best music to define Sega's time on the Nintendo Wii console. What you just heard that was from Sonic and the Secret Rings, that is, it has come to this, an awesome rock track that I believe plays either in the final boss or the stage just before the final boss. And before that, from Mad World, the first time it's been eligible for any one of these shows properly, that was Death Watch. And now we're here, it's 7pm, and uh, a big hello to everyone over in the Discord, there's a whole bunch of people over here right now, including BrickGaming98, Jamie64326, John the VG Nerd, Spookabike underscore 2, we got Rexy as well, and probably some others including Twinny, Shadix Croft, and The King. So hello to everyone over there, if you want to join the crazy action, RadioAC.gf4.discord. If you're lurking, hello to you. If you listen to the podcast, hello to you. Uh, currently, down in the chat room, everyone's getting a bit spooky, because this is the first show of October, and we've all got our Halloween usernames on. I, myself, you, you know what it's about, if, you, uh, if you've if you followed me for any length of time. It's got to be Scream Viper, right? Uh, we've also got Spookabike underscore two, but sadly no one else is really in the spirit. Come on, guys. But uh, the spirit means they're going to do it like the day before Halloween, which is a bit more acceptable. Jamie mentioned Sonic and Secret Rings, aka Sonic and the Crappy Auto Runner. Yes, that is exactly what I would also refer to it as Jamie if you watched today's topical pre-zort. So if you if you weren't aware, on over at twitch.tv forward slash official radio sega, we kicked off the first episode of the new season of the topical pre-zort. Now what this is is it's the sister show to this show that's a live stream where I play some of the games that I'll be talking about, and today we played quite a big lineup of Sega's Wii titles. Uh, we did miss out quite a few sadly due to time constraints, we were there for nearly three hours and we only covered about half the games I wanted to cover, but that's sometimes how it goes. So I, uh, there was one game I really wanted to cover which was once again Mad World, but I sadly could not cover it because it's the only game that Sega released on the console 
it doesn't support 480p, it only supports 480i. Meaning, my capture card cannot record it, and it was a very anticlimactic end to the stream. But if you want to go ahead and watch that, the VOD is now already up, and you can go ahead and watch that on our Twitch page. But uh, to remedy this, there is like a little patch that you can do for Mad World, but it requires the disc, and I don't have the disc. But I have ordered the discs today, brand new in packaging, as in, you know, it hasn't been opened before. I'm going to look forward to opening it, I'm going to be honest. Because I do love opening new games, especially I haven't, done, I haven't opened a new Wii game since like 2011. That's going to be a trip down memory lane when that arrives Monday, I think. And I also ordered a copy of uh, Mega Drive Ultimate Collection. Because hey, that's my first 360 game and it was cheap. So yeah, that's enough rambling about what I've done. It's time to uh, ramble about what you've done. So I want to know, guys, what was your first experience with the Nintendo Wii console? Because... I think, to be fair, that considering how many units it shifted, most of us have probably played the Wii at some point. So I want to know what your first experience with it was, because mine, mine wasn't really too interesting. Just got the console one year for Christmas, got Wii Sports, got shovelware, <laughs> got around Sonic at the Olympics. Actually, that was that one. It is shovelware, to be honest. Uh, it's it's not as good as the later titles in the series, but it's okay. It's better than some of the other stuff we had. <laughs> But that was my experience. Then later on, I just picked up the titles which had a bit of prestige behind them, mainly Mario Kart Wii, Smash Bros, Sonic Colors, Galaxy Games, etc. Just picked up those ones when they came out. Mostly, I stuck to Nintendo stuff, although sometimes I uh, did delve into the shovelware a bit. It was a different time back then. Uh, James is doing an unboxing of Mad World. No, but this does remind me, actually, judging by the fact that I just remembered, uh, I just talked about Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, the original. Today on the Pre-Zort, we found out that the word Radio Sega is a band name in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. That's right. Our name is on a list of banned words that you cannot enter as a name in Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Whoa. That's, that's pretty meta, right? <laughs> the thing is, the game came out one year after the launch of Radio Sega as well, so... I don't think it's just a glitch in the game file. Apparently, from what I hear, there is a .txt document that determines what is a banned word according to the game. And Radio Sega must be classed as a banned word! Meaning, according to Sega Sports R&D, we are officially a naughty company. Incredible, right? I think that's where we leave it for now. When we come back, we'll be getting into some more discussion and the history of the Nintendo Wii console. But before we do that, let's get into some music from Puyo Puyo 7. So, from that game, because it was only released in Japan, it wasn't released over here, but it was still on the Wii. This is Fight for Freedom Battle 9, right here on the Topical Resort.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. And welcome back to the Topical Resort. We just heard that right there was from Let's Tap. That was Coconut Airport. What Coconut Mall and Sunshine Airport's child would look like. And um, before that, from Pooey Pooey 7, that's Fire for Freedom, also known as Battle 9. And it, we are back and it's time for Hasty History. But before we do that, I got a message from Ritgo666, who tells me their first experience with the Wii. And I hope that some more people will send theirs in later into the show. So... They say, my cousin had a Wii and my parents said we were getting a nunchuck to use on it. Got home and they told me to see if it plugged it into the OG Xbox. Told me to move along the ports, didn't notice the Wii set up next to it at first. Getting the nunchucks didn't give me any clue that we had one. That's a pretty interesting story, got duped by your own parents. Wow, that's that's quite a, quite a task. <laughs> but uh, it happened anyway. Yes, yeah, so now it is time for the hasty history segment where we go through the history of something related to the topic of the episode as quickly as possible. There was only one thing we could go through, and that was the history of the console itself. So, first thing I'd like to say as well is that, even though my intro at the start of this show hinted towards it, I forgot to actually mention it. And that is the fact that now, um, now? Yeah. Starting this week, I've actually upgraded to Radio DJ 2, so hopefully the quality of the show is miles better. It's... I don't like using it as much as Radio DJ 1, but it works, and it the features it brings me are pretty excellent. So, um, there's the fact of, well, I've actually got audio balance now. Stuff actually plays through the right speakers now, and I have the ability to control my software through my phone, which is an odd feature, but I really like it. It's uh, I can stop stop start play instant um, instant carts and stuff from my phone, which is a really nice feature that saves me a lot of time. Actually, I've been using that a few times today. But yeah, that's that. So hopefully the quality is much better than it was previously. But I also had a bit of a database crash today. Uh, that was a bit of an issue because the database which held, holds all my music in it crashed. But luckily, I reinstalled it pain-free and nothing was broken. It was just very scary, considering I only had two hours to fix it before the show started. Where's this going? Well, this was going into the fact of a lot of the stuff, or a lot of the notes I normally have, I prepared today. So that doesn't really impact anything. I just thought I would tell you this fact. Anyway, on into the Hasty History segment. And I remember where it was going. It's because I no longer have a note, a, a notes column in my software, so I now have to read off Word, and the text is really small. So that's why I may make mistakes now, because the text is really small and not in my software. So Nintendo Wii was first released on November 19th, 2006, in North America, and in December in all other major regions. Most notable, or the most notable feature, was the Wii Remote, which had IR capabilities when tied to the motion sensor or to the sensor bar, and the motion controls built into the remote. Another feature going in its favour on release was backwards compatibility. Every title and the majority of peripherals from the GameCube were compatible. 
although add-ons such as the Game Boy Player were not. Feature it featured full online connectivity out of the box, and this uh, where where's the rest of the text gone? And this allowed for the Wii Shop and Wii Connect 24 services. The Wii Shop allowed users to download old titles on the service, and this was known as a virtual console, as well as download new titles known as WiiWare. Wii Connect 24, on the other hand, was a service that allowed for updates to be received while the console was powered on or on standby, such as news or weather reports. The console had a few variants, all of which took away rather than improved on the original model. The Wii Family Edition removed the GameCube support, and the Wii Mini removes GameCube, networking, and SD card support. It is also notable for being the only variant which cannot be hacked. The console ended up selling 101 million units, making it incredibly successful, but not the most successful item Nintendo has ever released. So we go, that was the history of the Wii, but of course that doesn't include your history of the Wii, so keep sending that in, but speaking of sending it in, keep sending in your requests, because we've still got plenty of room here in this request block. We've got one from Electric, we've got one from myself, we've got one from Jamie, one from Callum, uh, we've got one from JSTAR and we got one from Brick Gamer. But if you'd like to get some in, do let me know on the Twitter feed. I will I'll post the tweet set reminding you of both things on the Twitter. Let's see what you've been saying down in the chat room. So uh, Brick Gamer says I was 12. Uh, that surprisingly makes it even more funny to me. <laughs> I'd expect like that, like that dupe to work on someone who was like I don't know maybe maybe seven. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, Jamie says, I would say my first experience, but I don't think it'll be suitable for the show. Jamie. Jamie. It's always suitable for the show, unless it includes lots, lots, lots and lots and lots of swearing, in which case it isn't suitable for the show, but send it in anyway. Ember Gamer mentions that he's hoping to get some more Wii games tomorrow. I mean, they're dirt cheap, uh, that's why I ordered Mad World, and I plan on ordering, um... What don't I have, actually? I need to remind myself of what stuff I'm missing. I, I guess I should go for the cheap stuff first. I'm missing both the Monkey Ball games, so I should probably order them next. So I want to go for a full Sega Wii set, which surprisingly isn't that difficult. Uh, Wii games are really inexpensive at the moment, especially Sega stuff. Most Sega stuff is like £2. Uh, for example, the storybook games are Sega Superstars is... Uh, Mad World, bunch of other games uh, are all £2 at the moment, so go ahead and pick up any Wii titles that you're currently missing before they spike in price. Another retro revival of the console comes along. Uh, <laughs> Gamer says, I'm British and I'm used to getting the crap ripped out of me. Laughing at me doesn't faze me. Yeah, the Brits are strong. Uh, I think actually all of us in the chat room are currently British, so that makes it um, that makes the sentiment lost. Until an American shows up, you guys should do that and just throw up the dynamic we currently have going on. Either way, keep sending in your requests while we're in the request block, but I think we're going to get into the first one, and it's a tune, a Model 2 tune at that, from Gunblade NY. There's an actual name for this track which I will find in Electric Boogaloo's DM because the name that we have on the playlist isn't exciting at all. The name of this track is United Nations HQ 515 Hours, all in capitals. However, on the playlist it's known as GB8. So, why don't we enjoy GB8 and when we come back we'll be discussing all of the games they released on the Wii and my own and your own thoughts on them. But as for now, enjoy your requests.
request results.
body stopping me These flames are cop a plea And I'ma put this mic through they face For trying to mock me, beast It's only falling out, breaking the law We out of control, we down the road If y'all wanna get it up, then let me know If we can put it on blast and tell it It's only falling out, breaking the law We out of control, we down the road If y'all wanna get it up, then let me know If we can put it on blast and tell it They say they can't believe The way the boy MCs I bring him in by the million So now I'm the lead And every time I speak Them haters rest in peace I reinforce my spot as the commander in chief
And now for a message from our sponsor. Season 5 of Last Call will end this Saturday with its first ever listener mix. If you've ever wanted to hear any dancey, technically Sega tunes in his set, this is your chance to leave the mic. Simply send me, Rexy, and pick him on the Radio Sega Discord. That's radioSA.ga forward slash Discord and fill it with however many tunes you want. The broadcast will go live at 9 pm this Saturday, the 6th of October. So get in fast! Yeah, ah, oh, we're back. Welcome back to the Top Resort right here on Radio Sega. That was a whole lot of music, but what that was right there was a little message from Rexy because the last call, the listener mix, the final episode of the season, is up tomorrow night, and you still have plenty of time to get in your request. So anything dance related than anything released by Sega, send in your request to her over at the document linked because well, it's gonna be a fun night. It's gonna be full of dance raves, in fact. Uh, but yeah, that was Rexy, and before that, from Sonic and the Secret Rings, that was Worth a Chance, the original version. A really lovely song, as requested by... What's the new Halloween name? Brit Ghost 666 That's it. And before that, from Girls Make the World Go Round, Sega Vocal Tracks, that was Sa underscore Ku underscore Ra. A remix of... Oh, it might not even be a remix, but I think it is, of the Sakura stage from Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. A pretty terrible game, but it has one of the best soundtracks in the series. Uh, I'm fairly certain that's a vocal remix. That, that album's really strange. I don't know why it exists, but it does, and it has some nice songs on it, and that's one of them right there. For that, a, a track in the complete opposite vein, because... Uh, Bam, murder, death, woo, mad world, that was Let's Go. As requested by myself, I should say that um, Sakura was requested by J Star Max. Before that, from Marin Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games, that was Table Tennis. I don't like that as much as the original version from uh, the Beijing Olympics, but that one's still pretty good. But Callum really likes that, so that's why he requested that. Before that, from Pio Period 7, Crazy Dancer, Battle Number 5, requested by Jamie, or. As it's referred to on uh, the link he sent me, he refers to it as Shiny Lakeside. And speaking of tracks with different names to the ones that are on the playlist, from Gunblade NY, that was... United Nations HQ, brackets 515 hours. From Gunblade NY, requested by Electric Boogaloo, who points out to me that we did actually change the name of it on our playlist. Yeah, but when I change the name of something on my playlist, it doesn't download to my own playlist, so that's why it's not got the correct name on my end. Uh, Rexy says, fun fact, Banana Blitz has a zero C rating, equivalent to a 15, in Japan, due to textures on certain maps. Okay, this is worth looking up. This has got to be it, Chief. Uh, ball, banana, Blitz, zero C. Um. Oh, here we go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see what they mean there. Um. No, this is the wrong game. This is the this is banana splits. The um. Wait, Re- Rex Rexy. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you got them confused by accident? Have you said banana blitz instead of banana splits? Uh, let me find out. Uh, banana blitz. Japanese. It's not coming. Yeah, Banana Blitz has a zero A rating. Banana Splits has a zero C. 
That's the PS Vita one, right? Because that would have been good like <laughs> a month and a bit ago when we did the PS Vita episode. Damn it. Um, Brick, Brick Ghost says, was gonna pick up Banana Blitz Guess I'll pass. For the money, if you order it off eBay, it's like £2. It's pretty good for that price. But for, um, what is it? The. But if you buy it anywhere else, it's like 5 to £10, and that's not worth it. But for £2, it's a pretty bad game, but it's a fun bad game, I feel. It's, if you like Sonic and the Secret Rings bad motion controls, you can't really go wrong. Uh, Electric says on the playlist, it currently says United Nations HQ, not the extra part. Well, um, now Jamie's telling me that Shiny Lakeside is what it's called on VGMDB. I, I, I don't make the changes, I, ju I just do what people tell me to. That is a pretty funny story, Rexy, by the way. <laughs> I should probably read this out. So, um, since, since we started it on air, we may as well finish it on air for those who are currently not following us or are listening on the podcast. So, Super Monkey Ball meets uh, Gravure Idol in Made for Adults level. Uh, they're normally rated 0A for all ages. So, a Japanese model has appeared in Banana Splits for some reason? Like, okay, normally, like, Monkey Ball Easter Eggs is, oh, hey, look, we put the Amusements Visions website on the side of this level. This is a different level of Easter Egg right here. Incredible. Uh, I can't read out some of the stuff that's uh, listed here. But, um, yeah, stuff, uh, it's an image of a model and certain stuff pops up as an obstacle. Okay, right, um, I somehow get the feeling this didn't make it to the English version. I'm not really sh too sure what tells me this fact, but just, just a little, little bit of a hunch that this didn't make it into the English version. Right, let's, let's swiftly move on from this, because th this is just weird. Let's get on into the games that were released by Sega on the Wii that we effectively put into a list on the Radio Sega website over on the show blog. Uh, Electric says that he doesn't have a Wii. Uh, well, that's completely ruined my question of the week then. And Jamie, you, you never you never answered my uh, my question as to as to what your first experience was with the Wii. So, uh, yeah. You're not British either, but you weren't in the chat for that part, so it doesn't count electric. <laughs> don't, don't pick apart my statements. So anyway, onto the list. Starting off with Alien Syndrome, a sequel to the arcade game of the same name. I don't know too much about this as a sequel. Maybe it's good? Alien Syndrome, 2007 reviews. I'm not expecting too highly. Yeah, 5 out of 10, 5.5 out of 10, 48% Metacritic. Oh well, maybe check out the original instead. Don't, don't, um, don't <laughs> risk that one, I'd say. What else have we got? We have Ghost Squad. I actually don't know too much about Ghost Squad either. This is not a good start at all. Uh, no, I don't want the TV series. I want the video game. So it's an... It's an arcade title, first released in 2000... Yeah, I know this, actually. Released in 2004 and released for the Wii in 2007. It's a light gun title, as you'd expect by the name. But 
There was a sequel known as Operation Ghost that was released in arcades. Interesting. So, uh, the arcade version saves data on IC cards. Huh, I love it when arcade games do that. Too bad not too many do. And on the other hand, the Wii version, uh, it's a Polygon Magic developed port. It uses the Wii Zapper to allow players to easily target enemies, defuse bombs, and detain hostages. It uses the point functionality, the nunchuck, and the Wii Zapper. As calibration mode, that's nice to have. And a line of sight, aiming and firing precisely with the Wii remote is pointed. You can turn off the on-screen pointer for more points. Now, that sounds... in any arcade that'd be fine, but I mean, it's the Wii. The IR is pretty accurate, but it's not exactly the most accurate. Uh, interestingly, there's four-player support for the Wii version and online high scores via Nintendo Wii or Wi-Fi Connect. Um, it got a 7.5 as well by IGN, the Wii version, so hey, that's cool. Maybe check it out then. Then again, it's IGN, so um, they could entirely be lying to us and we would never know. Uh, Brick Gamer says, too bad not many arcade games leave Japan. I agree. More arcade games need to leave Japan. J oh, God's sake, Jamie. I can't say I didn't expect this. <sighs> Jamie says, I was 12 and fully discovering the internet. That's what my first experience of the Wii was. How of all things did that, that lead you to find the Wii? That. Eh? Uh, like, was there a news report on one of those websites, Jamie? <laughs> Come on, bro. Uh, Guilty Gear XX Accent Core. This is a fighting game, I believe, in the Guilty Gear series, but I'm going to look it up anyway, because it might be a spin-off and I might get it completely wrong. So, it's an updated version of X2, supposedly. So, if you're a Guilty Gear fan, uh, there's that. So... Uh, I don't... I, yeah, it's just a bunch of words on screen. It's Guilty Gear. It's probably pretty good. I'd recommend you download it. Buy it. Whatever. Do do whatever you have to do in order to play it. Gunblade NY and LA Machine Guns. I know these two. These are two... Arcade... Uh, eh? Oh, so that's an emo. Okay. Uh, Gunblade NY and LA Machine Guns are two a uh, Model 2 games re-released for the Wii uh, once again. Light Gun games, but a lot of Light Gun games were ported to the Wii because of the IR capabilities, which is why we're going to have so many of them on this list. One thing you're going to notice about this list, though, in particular, is a lot of the mature titles just stop after around, like, 2010, and that's because... Every mature title pretty much underperformed. I, I can't even think of an exception. I think all of them did. So Sega decided that there was no point in releasing them for the platform anymore and moved them to PS3 and 360. The only stuff that got left was child-friendly stuff, i.e. Uh, the Sonic games and the Mario and Sonic games. And uh, that's it. They didn't release really any other family-friendly games either after that point. Uh, apparently LA Machine Guns is a Model 3 game, not a Model 2. Okay. Oh, there we go. And they're arcade rail shooters. That's still a shooter! <laughs> you can't deny that to me. That's a shooter. Uh, right, what else we got? Yeah, but... Uh, Gunblade and NY and LA Machine Guns, they're good games. They're probably good ports as well. The 
the motion, not motion, the IR sensor actually works pretty well on the Wii, minus some type. The only time it doesn't work well is when there's other light sources like the sun in the room. That's when it starts to fail, so put in a dark room and you'll be alright. Let's catch this a WiiWare exclusive game, one of the only two games. In, this is the only one that's exclusive to WiiWare that we're going to have, but the only one that, or not the only one that you could purchase through WiiWare tonight. Let's Catch is the first title ever released by Prope, the teammate by Yuji Naka after he left Sega. A lot of people incorrectly say that it's Let's Tap, which is partially true as this is more of a demo than anything really. Let's Tap was their first full commercial release, but this was technically their first release, released for the WiiWare service in 2008. It's not a great title, it, it, even for the price point, which is like £5, it feels a bit basic. The music's like five second loops and all it is is um, you throw a baseball, you catch it, you throw some more baseballs, you catch some more baseballs. You sort of got the gist of it. That's really all there is to this game. I would say check it out, but you can no longer legally check it out. So um, if you if you don't mind that, then you can go ahead and download yourself a copy. But sadly, the Wii Shop service, you can no longer add points to it and it will soon be completely gone much like the DSi shop service soon so sad to see that go but if you haven't already bought it well tough luck because you're not going to be able to get that one now a game which you can still purchase however and on the cheap and it's also pretty good it's known as Let's Tap Let's Tap the future tapping game or as a certain Opus Sucks collective would put it Let's Tap Let's Tap use your tapping game so this is a game revolving around rhythm, and if you ain't got rhythm, well, you may as well go home. What you got to do is you got to put your Wii remote onto a box or another flat surface, and uh, let's trip out the microphone. You gotta, you gotta tap. So uh, there's a bunch of different modes, such as tap runner, where you run, you have to jump at specific times. It's an actual rhythm game mode where you tap along to music. There's a block mode that was a bit weird. It's like Jenga, but it doesn't work. There's another mode that was like Flappy Bird, but uh, it, it was very boring, actually just like Flappy Bird. And there was a mode where you just drew stuff on a canvas by tapping. Needless to say, the first two modes are the most interesting of the bunch. The last three don't really hit the mark. The motion controls also don't really hit the mark. They work well, but there's sometimes where you put it on some surfaces and it won't work as well as it could have. But either way, it's a title I'd recommend picking up. It's like £1, £2 at most. And it's pretty good value for money. It also has an excellent soundtrack. Every track on the soundtrack is a tune, all dance-related stuff. So check out the soundtrack at the very least. But if not, purchase the game. I actually own two copies of it. I own a Japanese and an English one. The Japanese one I won on bids for £1 once, and it was free postage, so I went for it. Mad World, I've gushed on about Mad World quite a lot. It's not as good as Anarchy Reigns, I'd say, but it's a very good game nonetheless. For those of you who don't know about the premise of Mad World, it's a very violent one. Don't let the children on around this one, but uh, the long and short of it is a virus has been let out on humanity or your specific area, and there's no cure for it, except it turns out there is a cure. But to get the cure, you have to kill a person. So, qu very quickly, it <laughs> God damn it, Jamie, I'll read that out in a second. Very quickly, it turns into a killing spree of everyone trying to kill so they can get the vaccination. 
This eventually turns into a event of games known as Death Watch, which are televised around the whole world where this killing can further go on. And we play as a contestant in these games known as Jack, who's trying to get to the bottom of how this virus came to plague the city in the first place. Very interesting concept, um, and it's a very interesting game as well. It, you really, you really feel their bones crumble as you smash them into a pile of smite, uh, that's pile of, pile of spikes with the Wii remote. You can, you know, really feel the crunch in the vibration. But in all seriousness, yeah, it's a very violent game. Not the type that you'd normally see on the Wii. It's so violent, in fact, they had to make the game black and white, or otherwise, uh, it would have been adults only in America, and it would have. There's no higher rating because it's an 18 here in the UK. But yeah, it's it's a pretty fun game. It's also a very cheap one. I just wish it would come to Switch because the one issue with this game I already mentioned only displays in 480i, meaning it doesn't support higher uh, higher resolution textures. It doesn't look as nice as it could, so that's why we need a new modern port for it. Especially considering it's sold like four copies probably, roughly thereabouts. That's weird though with the Wii. All the games that sold barely any copies are dirt cheap. It's the other way around on every console. Not, not the Wii. Not the Wii though. Either way, yep. Check out Mad World, the uh, the brilliant, the brilliant title from Platinum Games. I'm gonna bundle the uh, the two summer ones in here. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. The London one's better. The London one is much better. Um. The first one isn't bad, it just suffers from a lot of poor issues. It very much reeks of an early 2007 Wii game in that it doesn't display in proper widescreen, it doesn't really clean up that nicely, it has motion control shoehorned in. It still has the old uh, health and safety screen which they removed the year afterwards, so that's how you know it's an early Wii game. That and Sonic and the Secret Rings has that one as well. In general, there's a lot of presentation issues. There's also the fact that our name, Radio Sega, is banned, according to the game. So there's that to look forward to. I am actually going to look into that tonight. I'm going to get the ISO for that game, and I'm going to specifically look at that .txt and see if our name is actually banned. Because I'm curious now. I'm really curious about that. Either way, yeah, check out the London 2012 one over the, uh, over the original Beijing one. Marion Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games, however, this is a fantastic game. Not as good as the DS version. I bang on about the DS version for a reason, because it's brilliant. But do in do instead check out the um, the Wii version as well while you're at it. It's a fun minigame collection. It also has a quote-unquote story mode, not story like the DS version, which actually has an overarching plot and substance. This one is just a bunch of events tied together with a loose sort of Hey, we're competing in the Olympic story. So, not as good as the DS1, but still fairly good indeed. Night's Journey of Dreams. Pants, that's all I have to say about it. PS7. Yeah, not the best PO, but the mechanics of later games borrow from this one for a reason. I also like Ringo as a protagonist, she's pretty cool. Samba de Amigo. Not as good as the Dreamcast version, not as good as the arcade version, but it's still a fun time for all. Just be sure to calibrate those Wii remotes correctly. Sega Bass Fishing. I've talked about this one before in the Sega Bass Fishing, it's an okay game, but it's so much better when you have the fishing rod for the Dreamcast and you're reeling in 
reeling in the fish rapidly, and you have an actual controller that feels like a fishing rod. When you just have a Wii Remote, and you're just launching your Wii Remote, and it's going through the TV screen, yeah, it just doesn't have the same effect as holding a fishing rod in your hand. Check out the Dreamcast version over this one. This one does have some good music, though. It's like Superstars Tennis. This isn't the best version of this game, but it's the one I think most people know. This one sold numbers on the console, like so many units. Because this was the only tennis game on the console minus Wii Sports Tennis for ages. And but there's going to be people like, what's wrong with Wii Sports Tennis? Well, as a tennis game, it just sort of works. Like, you can spam the remote and it won't do anything. It, you know, it won't react differently to spamming the remote than it will to actually swinging it with the correct time and the right precision. So, people wanted an actual tennis game developed by people who actually knew what they were doing relating to tennis. And Sega Superstars Tennis was the first off the bat beating out Mario Power Tennis by... A year, I think? Either way, though, this is a uh, pretty good game, just not the best version of it. If you want the best one, check out the 360 version, but you'll probably enjoy this one. Anyway, so I can say got All-Stars Racing. I don't really have too much positive to say about this port. Uh, this was the first one I played, I got this one on launch day, and you know I love this game, it's my favourite kart racer, but I went back to this port a few weeks ago, uh, playing online through Weemfire, the custom servers. I was playing it with Callum, who's currently not in the chat room, or maybe he's listening, I don't know. But either way, um, yeah, we played online a few weeks ago and it was so poor we had to stop playing. Uh, stick to the 360 version of this one, although... Um, Sega Superstars Tennis works because I think it was built for the Wii in mind and then brought over to the 360. This one was built specifically for the 360, then downgraded to the Wii, which is why it doesn't really work that well. Either way, yeah, check it out on 360. Sonic Colors is by far the best exclusive Sonic title on the console. Um, yeah, you've all played Sonic Colors. For some reason, people think 06 is now better than it. I don't know how that happened. Oh, Sonic fans. But either way, this is a fun time for all. Check it out, it's a great video game. Sonic Rider Zero Gravity, I've gone how much I love the aesthetic of this game, that still holds true. The menus just have that aesthetic, the music sounds like a film score, it's really awesome. It's maybe not as good gameplay-wise as the original, but I really do like Sonic Rider Zero Gravity, specifically for Wii, not for uh, PS2. So go ahead and pick up a copy if you haven't done so already. Sonic Unleashed, definitely not as good as 360 or PS3, but this is a completely separate version that I'd still say is pretty good. We have Sonic and the Black Knight. This is a guilty pleasure of mine. Not one of the best games, but it has so much fun stuff about it. I just love swinging the sword all over the place with the Wii Remote. It's the perfect type of motion controls in that it doesn't require precision at all. You can just swing the remote and it will do exactly what you want it to do. Like, exactly like Mario Galaxy when you want to do the spin attack. That's the type of motion controls I currently like at the moment, while we're still a bit inaccurate with them. Just swing the Wii Remote, it does a basic action, it doesn't require precision, that's what I like. And Sonic and the Black Knight has some great levels, great music, uh, the fun, interesting, fun, interesting, family-friendly moments, such as when Knuckles threatens to kill himself. That, that's a fun, friendly, family-friendly moment for all the members. But I'd still recommend Sonic and the Black Knight. Secret Rings, on the other hand, I talked about this before. Bit of a disappointment. Reason being is that over the past few years I've actually grown sort of interested in the culture of the Arabian Nights. So a Sonic game centering around the story of the Arabian Nights is such a fascinating concept. 
and yet it falls flat on its face. The obvious thing is the motion controls, they don't work at all, they shouldn't have been there. They just shouldn't have been there at all, to be honest, but... The story itself isn't really that interesting, it sort of brushes over the Arabian Nights, it doesn't go too deep into it. The music's great on the other hand, the music's the redeeming factor of this game, and actually so's the party mode. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there was already a Sonic Party game, it's known as Sonic Shuffle, it was poor, it was dreadful, do not play it. This on the other hand is actually pretty fun, and a little fun fact about Sonic and the Secret Rings party mode. It's not advertised anywhere in the box, but you can actually use a GameCube controller for the party mode. All four players can actually use a GameCube controller, but it does. the GameCube symbol doesn't appear anywhere in the box like it does on any other game. Even games with only small compatibility, like certain sections only allow it, have it on the box. This game, completely hidden feature that now I've just taught you. Sonic 4 Episode 1, a pretty inferior port, but it had it had like MIDI-styled music. The only thing notable about this version, because it's downgraded the other ones, only thing notable about this one compared to all other versions is that this one got leaked on WiiWare quite early and actually contained levels that weren't meant to be in the game. So levels that were in the mobile exclusive version that weren't meant to be in the console version were accidentally in the leaked Japanese WiiWare version. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a Sonic 4 game if it wasn't leaked early. Like, we had Beta 52 for Episode 2 and we had the Japanese... Uh, we had the Japanese... Uh, the, the, the WiiWare release. For this game, and we have the partner that leak as well. This game got leaked quite a bit. Now, this is one which I thought more people would question why it was here. SpongeBob SquarePants Peach from the yes, that's totally what I meant to say. SpongeBob SquarePants Creature from the Krusty Krab. Now, why the hell is this here? And you're correct in thinking that I was as well. I was very confused as to why this was on the list that I stole this from. And uh, in digging into it, they didn't develop the game. They didn't publish the game in any region, so why is this on the list? Well, supposedly, the story goes, according to Sega's Japanese website, after the after the uh, Dreamcast failed, they went and helped, or the Japanese studio specifically, went and helped quite a few other game studios with their games. And according to the Sega website, they helped THQ Japan with SpongeBob SquarePants Creature from the Krusty Krab heavily enough to where I believe they have a credit in the game? If not, they helped very heavily, heavily enough to where Sega Retro consider this a Sega game according to their list. So I haven't played any music from it tonight and there's no music coming up from it, but it's there on the list. The DS version had a great remix, but uh, this one, this one just... The Wii version's okay, it's not the greatest time. The GameCube version's better in my opinion. Out of like all those SpongeBob licensed games, as a connoisseur. Nah, it's not one of the best ones, but it's far from the worst, I'd say. Banana Blitz, I've talked about this one already. Motion controls don't work. Level music's nice. Step and Roll, I've ranted about this one before as well. You use the Wii Balance Board, which was made for Wii Fit, to speed up and slow down, but if you've ever heard of the term on rails, this takes it to a new level. You are literally on a set of rails, and all you have to do is speed up and slow down. That's the only gameplay Step and Roll has. Wow. Incredible. I'm going to bundle these ones in, in one because I really need to move on now. House of the Dead 2 and 3 Return and House of the Dead Overkill. Bang, bang, shooty, shooty. They're fun. Overkill especially. Uh, but it, this is like a really good version of Overkill due to the IR sensor and the fact that you have like the Wii Zapper. 
but in my honest opinion, um, if you actually can, there's this really weird setup for PS3 where you can get two PS Move remotes, and uh, put, you can put them into like this little plastic thing that transforms it into a gun. Supposedly that, along with a pair of 3D glasses, is the best way to play Overkill. Now, ironically, that is very Overkill. But if you can somehow mangle together that setup, try and play it that way. But as it goes, this is still a very good way to play the game. And 2 and 3, you know all about those games. They're good House of the Dead games. We've almost run out of talk bed, so I'm going to move on. So, anyway, when we come back, we'll be play or we'll be discussing the topical thesis. But for now, it's time to get into some music from Zero Gravity. And this is a vocal theme that you all know I love. It's my favourite vocal theme in this series, in fact. So, from Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, this is Ungravitify, and it's almost time for the topical thesis. But for now, enjoy the music.
And welcome back to the resort, and that was a bit of licensed music there. Oh no, hopefully the feds don't come for me. From Sambody Amigo Wii, that was Groovers in the Hawks. I had to try and think of a song that I hadn't played from Sambody Amigo Wii. It's a great soundtrack of both a mixture of in-house stuff and uh, licensed music. I originally had a different track in mind, but then I remembered I played it before, and it has a really irritating section in the middle, and it's not just like... Oh, that's a bit aggravating, like it has a high-pitched sound which actually hurts to listen to. I couldn't find an edited version of it, so I went with that one instead. And for that, from Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, we went right through gravity with Ungravitify, the main theme of the game. And now it's time for the Request Resort, and you all know what this is about. Not, nope, that's the wrong name. It's because I saw something that said Request Resort. It's time for the topical thesis, where, you you know, but if you don't, you, I take my frequency for, my frequency against... Uh, bleh, bleh, no, I'm missing something. <laughs> I, I take an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from the second community, and I give my frequency for, my frequency against, and I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. And today's statement is... Are motion controls always a bad thing? Let's get into why I think they are a bad thing. Often provides little functionality that cannot be performed with a standard controller. You know the deal. Like, why do I really need aiming with motion controls when I could just do it with the second analog stick? 
basic stuff like that. There's just unnecessarily motion controls in some games when you could just have it on the control stick or you could have it on something else or you get the point where I'm trying to go with this. You don't need motion controls in some games. On top of that we also have the fact that at this current moment in time a lot of motion controls are wildly inaccurate. The Wii is the best, actually no, the Wii isn't even the best example of this. The Xbox Connect is the best example of this, the 361 in particular. It barely works. If you've ever played Sonic Freeriders, which, if you're like me, God bless your soul. Um, so what the whole gist of that is, with Sonic Freeriders, it, the game struggles to track your body no matter what conditions you're in, no matter how close, far away you are from the camera, no matter how much room you have. It never properly detects your body, and as a result, you're gonna get nowhere in that game. You're not gonna feel the benefit, you're not gonna get some good exercise, you're just gonna... You're just gonna swear at the TV screen, honestly, with that game. But, yeah, the... The issue with a lot of motion controls is they're just so inaccurate at the moment that it's not fun to control games at all, so why bother? That's my personal opinion. On top of that we have the third point, which is most games centred around motion controls feel needlessly gimmicky and lack content as actual games. Motion controls were the original VR games, they just felt like demo games. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, hmm. I can't think of a good example as I could for like VR games, but just a lot of motion control games just feel like, hey look, you can shake the Wii Remote to run, and that's the only fun thing about our game. We could have made this a store demo, or we could have put it on WiiWare, but no, this is a full pound 30... Four pound 30? No, a full 30 pound game that centers around wiggling the Wii Remote and nothing else. Just so much of the Wii's library feels like demos, going, hey look, we figured out how to use motion controls, aren't we clever? Yeah, we are. However, for every point for there must be a point against, but can these points against outweigh points for? So motion controls can add an extra level of immersion to a game. Even though I complained about motion tracking, sometimes like the best example I can think of is like um oh, actually I can think of two counterpoints. So a bad example of like motion tracking is on the 3DS Sonic Lost World. It uses the gyro to um it uses the gyro way too much that game. You have to aim the gyro everywhere, you have to spin 360 to do any of the special stages, you have to do it to do some boss fights. On the other hand, a completely brilliant use of gyro controls, in my opinion, is Ocarina of Time 3D. It's so intuitive, because when you're aiming your arrows, you use the, uh, the gyroscope to aim in different directions rather than clunkily using the analog stick or the C buttons like you did on the original uh, N64 version. You just tilt the 3DS up, tilt the 3DS down, maybe even sideways, aim your arrow, fire, jobs are good'un. That's a perfect example uh, example for me of how to do like gyroscope and aiming, whereas Lost World isn't. But that really adds to the game, because it's actually so much more intuitive than playing the game normally. So in a way, it can add an extra level of immersion to a game. If done accurately, they can also add precision to a game not possible by the controllers. Once again, that Ocarina of Time 3D is a great example because you can get so accurate with those gyro controls, you can have it like nailed to a point and then just fire and uh, goes in a straight line, you're good. Whereas with the C, the C buttons on the N64, you'd have to 
clunkily press them until you got the right angle. And oh no, I accidentally hit the down button. Now I've got to rearrange my entire arrow shot. Or if you're like using a C stick, you've got to be really gentle on how you press it. Otherwise, I'm in the wrong direction now. But gyro controls and motion controls, if they're accurate, they can actually be more precise. And that's why maybe they can't always be a bad thing. And the third reason is, motion control games are generally very inclusive and they can help new audiences get into video games. I mean, come on, how many people's parents, grandparents, dogs, cousins, owned a Wii and had Wii Sports and played all the sports titles? Right, even though there's like that group of games like, Ugh, I hate casual gamers. In a way, motion controls can introduce people who otherwise wouldn't be interested into games, or it can introduce people who are interested into games for the very first time in an easy to understand fashion. That's the thing, motion controls are simple. It's like if you hand your Xbox controller to someone who's never played a video game before, they, may, they might be like 70 years old, never seen a controller in their life. Pick up an Xbox controller. What does all this do, right? Pick up a Wii remote. Okay, so you can point it at the screen, you shake it to do stuff. A few buttons, but you don't really use them. So intuitive for that person who's never played video games. They can pick it up and have a great time. And that's why I think motion controls in particular aren't always a bad thing, because they're super inclusive. So, in conclusion, I believe that motion controls do have issues, and a lot of the time currently I tend to prefer using the controller option where possible. However, that's not to say in the future motion control accuracy won't be improved. I would be against this idea since I believe that motion controls are a fantastic idea with poor execution. So no, I personally don't believe that motion controls are always a bad thing, and I think there are many great uses now, and hopefully many more in the future. What's your opinion on that opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter at Radio Sega at Top Resort at the Green Viper You can get it in through Discord. Radio SEG4 slash Discord. You can get it in through Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Radio You can get it in through um, email topresortgmail.com. Or you can get it in through a private message on the Radio Sega forums. I'm Green Viper over there. All those different places you can get in your opinion. Let's see what you guys have to say about it down in the chat. And oh my goodness, it's Veritex. Wow, who would have guessed? And he's back. He's uh, he's not at hockey today, surprisingly. Uh, we have a message from Brit Gamer who says, Personally, I think motion controls are good when done in addition to normal controls. I know it isn't Sega, but Super Mario Odyssey got this well with controlling Cappy. It was very fun to do and didn't overstay its welcome. Another brilliant example. Cappy was one I thought of, but I never wrote down. Yeah, Cappy works very well in that... Um, like flicking the Joy-Con or Pro Controller does certain actions with Cappy and uh, for example shaking does a roll and all this, all this other stuff it still feels intuitive and accurate while being motion controls either way it's it's cool it's great it's good it's great it's awesome it's outstanding it's amazing and with that in mind I'm gonna wait for your opinions to flood in but we're gonna get into some more music so Let's get into one from the Pants, Pants, Pants sequel to Knights. Yeah, you heard that right, Jamie. From Knights, Journey of Dreams, this is Queen Bella and her hard version of her ball.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. I don't exactly think it's surprising that I've run out of time to do another disc calling segment. I really do apologise about this. I promise I will do better at some point. But what you just had that was from a little bit of skank funk. That was Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. That was Ice Smooth Sherbert. As people correctly pointed out, it's got a lot of uh, samples that were also used in Sonic Rush. For that from Pants Journey of Pants, that was Queen Bella's Ball, the hard version, and this is Jupiter, the Extreme Tap Edition, and we're about to get into the Toppy Mix, but I'm going to have to let you enjoy the rest of this. I really do apologise, though, but it's a, it's a tune anyway. The Toppy Mix.
And one final bit of Wii music to end off the show here. This is the main menu theme from the Wii version of Samba de Amigo. And it is time to end off the show. What you just heard was from the brand new Mega Man 11 released this week. There's already game rips of it. That was the theme of Blockman. And for that from Sonic Riders, the original, that was the Rockin' Beats mix of Catch Me If You Can. And kicking off the toppy mix was Sonic and the Black Knight with me. I prefer the original version of the Crush 40 version, honestly. The, uh, the female vocals actually work a lot better on that track, in my humble opinion. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who's been tuned into the show. We've had a whole host of people tonight. We have indeed had BrickGhost666, Admiral Snackbar, Jamie64326, Spooky Scary Saganut, myself. Uh, who else we had? We've had Rexy, uh, I also had Veritex and JSTAR in the DMs, some other people who haven't said much, and I'm trying to scroll up to find them, Electric Boogaloo, Eclipse, I already said Rexy, so I'm not going to re-say Rexy, Brass Saturdays, and a whole host, including <laughs> Spookabike and John the VG Nerd, I think that's finally it, so thank you to everyone who tuned into the show, it has been awesome tonight. You'll have been greatly appreciated, and now, I'm sure you want to know what's coming up next, and all I'm going to say is, it's time to get a bit insane in the membrane, if you know what I mean. So, that's next week, but this is now, I've been Green Vaporate, you'll have been awesome. I'm going to leave you with a track, it's a remix of a track from Sonic Colors, and this is one from Tetra Case, owns unlimited colors. So, as I said, I've been Green Vaporate, you will have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next week. And, as always, stay topical.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.